0: Coffee. The Broncos are going to lose today. Never. It's nothing special. Small. Fortnite is our bias on Katie. That is a stupid idea. Here, come. No. If I can't take it with my team, I'll give the Colts the benefit of the doubt. Madden 21 was so bad. I'm so like. Has he played as he started in the drive to tell you Tag him on Instagram. Second from all these tantrums. I could have the Foreman coming out of Texas. I truly appreciate you what's up y'all that one dude 2020 with the mi6 sports network here with a future NFL start but my man uh let me i want to make sure i pronounce your name correctly how would how do people pronounce it so that I so that
1: when we talk and interact other it before or after that people know yes sir um my name is Kamel donate uh, a lot of people you know get it wrong but it's all good but it's pronounced kamel donate
0: for people that out there know your story, I've no part of what you're doing. I've done seen who you are, but for the fans or people out there that really watch the draft or teens or anybody else, for people that may not know your story, or what you're about, or what is your story necessarily, or how did you get to where you are today, preparing for the draft?
1: Well, um, you know, so my story is is uh, very different than most people. Uh, I think it's probably you know, one in a million, and I don't say that just because it's my story, but um, this is actually the first interview that I have actually talked about my story. I've done a couple other interviews before. Um, I attended the uh, uh, 2021 National Scouting Combine in Indianapolis uh, this past March, Um, and, you know, I was interviewed for that and kind of talked about, you know, my expectations, you know, what I like about uh, the position, and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff, teens and things like that. But, um, you know, I've never really, you know, dove into what my story is. My story is is very different than most. Um, And it's, you know, and I don't really broadcast it. I don't really uh, talk about it too much. But, um, you know, I'm glad that I finally get to, you know, get to touch base with you a little bit um, and share a little bit of that story. You know, I won't be going too deep into it. But um, it's just, uh, you know, I, uh, I am on my way in pursuit of the NFL. That's ultimately the goal for me. Um, the way that I've had to fight for that dream um, and the way I've had to go about trying to get to that dream is very different than most. Um, I have not had the same path as most people. Um, you know, when I was very young, I was passionate about football. Uh, it was, you know, my the love of my life, the thing that I wanted to do with my life, no matter what. I've always said, you know, I will play football for a janitor's salary. Uh, it's not about the money. It's not about any of the, the clout. It's not about anything that comes with the the job. It's, it's about the game. Um, and through circumstances in my life, I was never able to fulfill that dream. I was never able to actually get out there on the field and play. Um, and uh, through a lot of uh, family stuff, a lot of Uh, my culture. I'm a first generation uh, Syrian American. Um, You know, my parents are from Syria. I was born here, you know, raised in a completely different culture in a small town in North Georgia um, where, you know, there's one high school and just not a lot going on. Uh, Not a lot of people even going to college from the school that I graduated from. Um, You know, when I was there, the dropout rate was higher than the, the graduation rate. People weren't going to college. They were just trying to get graduated. And so, coming from the background that I came from, you know, opportunities were very slim um, and it really has been just a thing where I've kind of, you know, went to uh, college and I had a short um, time playing rugby in uh, college um, and then realized that, you know, football was was my dream. And, and in high school, I knew that. Um, and I kind of, you know, had this whole period of my life where uh, I grew up overweight. I was always, you know, the overweight guy, unathletic. And, um, you know, I decided to change that when I was 17 years old to uh, to pursue my football dream and uh, worked out in two and a half months, lost 100 pounds um, and then just started just going. I mean, I was working out four times a day um, and uh, just really just working hard for that dream. And ever since then, it's been obstacle after obstacle. I feel like I faced Mountain after mountain to make this dream uh, come a reality. Um, I faced adversity for people to take me serious um, because not growing up in that sports background that most people who are chasing what I chase um, have. You know, having that you know time in middle school, high school, college, uh, playing all those sports, and then me coming into a facility um, and saying, "Hey, I'm 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 going I'm going to the NFL. I'm gonna." pursue the NFL with everything that I have and walking in and finding a trainer and finding a facility to train me um, and believe in me. Uh, and then now getting invites to uh, combines and getting invites to tryouts and stuff like that. It's uh, one of those things that when I, when I, I don't really tell people the story because it's like, as soon as somebody hears the story, they want to automatically uh, not believe you know in me when uh, I try to show them first and then tell them the story. Um, so I've had this uh, pretty incredible uh, past couple years now of training full time to go to the NFL and, um, you know, not really having, you know, and I and I played, um, you know, a little bit of semi pro and stuff like that kind of got my feet wet and that kind of thing. But um, if you could see from, you know, my highlights um, and my training videos that, you know, we train five, six days a week. Uh, We do everything from, um, you know, normal drill work to uh, situational reaction stuff. Um, You know, I have a coach that I've been blessed with. Um, You know, he uh, his name's Malik Foreman. He played uh, four years at UT. He uh, did a little bit of time in the pros and, you know, ended, you know, having to uh, leave because of an injury and went into full time uh, coaching. And so he kind of took me under his wing as a defensive back. Um, and, you know, my position is a linebacker. So it's been great to learn from a defensive back on how they move, how they think, you know, things that I need to know for defense. But it's pretty it's pretty incredible because when I tell people that, you know, up until this point, I have not, you know, played under a professional name or under a university, they're, they're just kind of bewildered about what my dream is and how I'm going to get there. And so it's like the ultimate – underdog story if you ask me um it's one of those things that when you think about it it's like man it, it almost seems impossible but then you know as a as a man of a uh, strong faith I know that you know nothing is impossible for God and, and 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 to God uh all the glory goes to man I mean whatever comes from this situation whatever comes from uh you know the next couple weeks um you know whatever comes from this season uh, you know, it's, it's God's glory, man. It's, it's the dream that he's put in my heart. Um, he's given me the breath to work for it every single day. Um, and what people don't realize is, uh, you know, coming from where I come from, there's not, there's not anybody ever in the NFL, as we know it now, that was a Syrian, um, that has played in, in the NFL. And it, and then especially in a time where, you know, the middle East is in such turmoil, um, and especially as a Christian coming from the Middle East, um, you know, it's just like I feel like God has kind of prepared the way for me to kind of uh, have a platform, be able to do the thing I love, but also help other people. Um, so yeah, man, it's uh, it's it's pretty crazy. That's kind of my my story in a nutshell. There's there's a lot of details to it. There's a lot of uh, things that you know I could go on about and talk about the details and the nitty gritty and uh, you know, and there was there's been some really really hard times, man. I mean, you know, walking into this combine that I went to, um, you know, most of these people do this thing on the regular. I mean, people that were there, uh, you know, this was just another Tuesday for them. This was my first ever combine. Um, this was my first time ever walking to an, into an arena with people like this, um, of this caliber. And so it was a, it was a pretty crazy moment to realize, Hey, I don't come from the same background, you know, it, uh, you know, na- nationality, ethnicity wise, I don't come from the same background, but also, you know, from the same background of sports. Um, you know, it's something that I had to work for, you know, when I realized that, you know, hey, this is my one life and uh, I got to pursue my dreams. That's when I realized, hey, it's time to lose that weight when I was 17. It's time to do it. It's time to make it happen. And after I did lose that weight it's been building myself up, building my body, my skill set up to actually play at the highest level of this sport. So it's going from absolutely nothing to the top level. And, uh, you know, for me, you say that, and it's just – it's mind-blowing, man. But, you know, at that same time, it that just shows me how big my God is, man, because I'm finally getting to that level where I, I'm catching the eyes that I need to catch, and people don't necessarily know the story. And I'm sure that one day um, – Lord willing, you know, if everything goes right, they'll uh, they'll see it in this first interview ever that I come out and actually talk about my story, man. So um, that's kind of who I am. Uh, you know, I'm you know, grew up in North Georgia. Uh, I went to Lee University, um, and then I'm, I'm training out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, at the D1 in uh, at Chattanooga. Um, it's very uh, one of the best gyms you could ever possibly ask for. You know, I called them one day and was like. Uh, hey, uh, you know, I, at that point I had never put pads on. I had never, you know, done anything. I said, I have a short stint in rugby and, um, but I'm, I'm going to be a professional football player. I'm going to play for the NFL. And the guy who was on the phone was just kind of like, you could tell he was kind of stunned. He said, you know what? He said, um, he's like, I got a guy for you. And, you know, not even a couple of days later, my trainer texted me and he, he had just got there from, from Knoxville, from, uh, you know, where he moved back home. Um, and, uh, and we just started working together, man. It's, it's been God's plan ever since. Um, so I'm, I'm blessed this gym, uh, you know, D one, um, I just got done training here. I'm outside of it right now. They're a very Christ centered, um, you know, Bible verses whenever you walk in and, and they have the faith, uh, they've believed in me. They've let me train here. Um, and so, uh, it's just kind of like a crazy story, man. So when I tell people kind of in a nutshell, it's like, I'm a Syrian American, Who has never played officially the game of football in 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 a professional uh, arena? uh, Who is shooting for his dream of being a professional linebacker in the NFL?
0: Dude, I love that. As like, I think when people talk about God in football, like that's hearing like like that, but people don't believe in you. It's like that. That's not how it works. That's not how God works. God does things where you think oh i'm not qualified or he does the exact opposite you never know how can works so hearing that and the bi man that, that that definitely got me pumped and excited which uh more people through your story and through this interview and hopefully people can realize that no matter what this world looks like man god knows exactly what he's doing and uh just because we don't see it just because we don't feel it doesn't mean he's not working
1: Exactly. And, you know, man, I want to uh, I wanna thank you. First of all, you know, we didn't really talk in the beginning, but, um, you know, that's my boy, that dude, 2020. I like the name. Where did the name come from?
0: So originally, February of 2020, I was like, you know what, I don't, I just, I didn't enjoy working with kids anymore. And so I was like, you know, what, I love football. I love sports. First game was the 06 Rose Bowl. So I was like, you know what, let's record a podcast in my room at three o'clock in the morning. I'm one dude and nobody else does it many many late nights and it started in 2020 and um uh, it just went up from there man it's you never know like what god can do but i think the biggest thing is like you said your story and people not believing you it's like well then that's their fault because yeah. i've said this off like off camera i believe in your story i'm not just your story you and whatever you do man you i got your back and it's just uh, people need to understand like no matter what god knows what he's doing especially tomorrow, folks. Tomorrow was the day that he rose from the dead. So I don't care what nobody else says. I just there's something about that faith, man. It's something miraculous. That's why guys like Russell Wilson or and yours, of course, yourself are one in a billion, especially when um you hear Matthew McConaughey to my, Oh friends were about to clap for his work. Oh wait, but they don't want to get uh not get that future job because you talked about God. But man, it's a story of convincing faith in football, and uh that's where it started.
1: Yeah, man, I, I totally agree. And I like that name. I like what it stands for. I like what you're doing, man. I think that the, uh, um, as I can tell from, you know, everything that I've you know, researched and looked at you, uh, you're a man of faith and you're not afraid to say, uh, you know, anything about God. You're not afraid to show that. And I think that football needs um, men of faith to step up. I think for a long time uh, football has been one of those things that when the touchdowns are scored You know, we point at the sky and, you know, give God the credit, but in the way that we live our life and the way that, um, you know, football players and coaches and staff and everybody involved fans, um, you know, live their life, it's almost not, uh, there's a lot of times it's not a true reflection of what Christ is and what Christianity is. And so um, it's good to see guys like you, man, who are, um, you know, sold out to the faith, and pursuing the things that they love, but also honoring God. And, and like I tell everybody, man, you know, for me, if my dream ends me up, ends up in the NFL, if it, if I end up, uh, you know, playing uh, in the CFL, if I end up playing indoor, um, if I end up playing semi-pro, you know what I'm saying? If, it, if there's no check that comes with it, I'm still going to do it. You know, if I, you know, if I was, um, a janitor, I would still play semi-pro football. Man, it, it's about the love at the end of the day, and and that's the thing about my story is there's no room for to praise myself. You know, I'm not I'm not the athlete that uh, grew up, went to the the best private schools, uh, and then you know went to the the Alabamas or the Clemson's or the Georgias. You know, I went to a school that doesn't even have a football program. You know, let me say that again because. I don't think a lot of people understand the dream that I'm shooting for. I went to a college that doesn't even have a football program. I went to a high school that football program was so back in the day, they hadn't had a winning season in over 15 years. They hadn't, um, you know, they hadn't even established, you know, that it was like there was so many racial boundaries at that point too, that it was just, there was a lot of, you know, it's rural North Georgia and there was a lot of things that, um you know that I won't necessarily speak on but weren't you know the most progressive at the time you know I come from the the absolute bottom of the barrel and so when i say that that means when god put the dream in my heart when i was a kid and i went through everything that i had to go through and to wake up and say all right no matter what i'm going to go for this dream no matter what happens to me No no matter what happens to my body and to my life, you know, I'm pursuing this dream. I don't come from the privilege. I don't come from the ability to just do well and be guided by a coach and then make it to the next step and then ease you into the next step. And then, you know, you go to the next you go to the next, uh, you know, uh, step in your in your process and then before you know it you're in college you're getting coached and you know on combine skills you're getting coached on your 40 you're getting coached on your you know all your things I had to go and pursue everything I had to walk into a facility and say hey I've never played the game but I'm going to the NFL and in, in that story there's no room to praise yourself there's no glory for Kamel. There's no glory for me because that's glory for God. That's, you know, God is the only way that I will be able to reach my dreams. The mm-hmm. fact that, I, that I've been invited to uh, that combine that I attended, the fact that, you know, I've been accepted into a tryout for the spring league also um, in, in April, which I'm about to go to in a couple of days uh, in Detroit um, is just amazing because I don't, you know, and I feel kind of like in the same in the scriptures, how Moses felt like he didn't deserve to go speak to Pharaoh. That's how I feel. I feel like every time I walk into one of those facilities that I I do not deserve to be there, but because of the grace of God, because of the power of God, he has put me in places that I don't deserve to be. Um, and I'm not, you know, like when I say that I'm not taking away from anybody who has done you know, the, the high school and went to the college and done all that, that path because a lot of legends were made that way, right? Um, I think that's kind of the normal path because of just how rigorous and how tough this sport is, you know, you're kind of groomed for it, but I was kind of groomed through the adversity, right? So the things that I saw, you know, were against me at first, I looked and now I see that God used those things to build my story for his glory. Because at the end of the day, it's all about him. It's all about, okay, he took me out of adversity and he took me from an impossible position of going from, you know, not even, it's like people who pursue this thing their whole life still can't achieve this goal. And to go from absolute adversity to achieving that goal, you know, that's only something God can create. And I'm still believing for that. I'm still... Every day I'm working for that. Every single day I'm grinding for that. You know, um, you know I've had a, a crazy week. Uh, you know, been training with my with my coach. We're getting ready for. You know, it's it was not even a month ago. I was at that last combine, um, and so just the recovery that comes from going to one of those, and then turning around and going to this next tryout. Where I fly out this Saturday. You know, a week from today actually. And I and I go to Detroit to do that, and it's like every day is work and recovery, work and recovery, exploiting weaknesses, you know, trying to figure out. And then when I step into those realms, then it's the spiritual fight, right? Because then it's um, it's it's the enemy saying, "Hey, you know, you don't deserve this. You you've not earned this. These people around you are much better. These people know what they're doing." But then it's that that voice of God that tells me, "You were created for this. You're the one." And so, you know, my ultimate goal, um, you know is I want to make it to the NFL, but I want I want God's name to be the only reason I made it to the NFL. I want people to know that, you know, no matter how much I love football, that was all given to me by the God that I love more than football, right? Because football is my love, it's my dream. You know, I've wanted it since I was young. I've wanted to play professional since I was young. That's what I want to do with my life. That's what brings me the most happiness. But above that, I feel like sometimes you know, we can worship the hand of God more than we worship the heart of God, if that makes sense. So, um, you know, my dream is to keep my eyes on God and hopefully he takes me to where, you know, he wants me to be. And, you know, all that comes true. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm just praying that, you know, the NFL is, is where it goes. Um, and, you know, I'm hoping that everything goes you know, that's the direction that I want to go, whether it's this year, whether it's next year, um, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where uh, uh, it it goes, um, you know, timeline wise, I know that I'll still be pursuing it. And you get me all fired up here
0: talking about that. I wish uh, (laughs) I would understand that's the biggest thing. But uh, because, of course, we could talk about that all day because there's just you you never know, man. I mean, one podcast, one what you're doing. Oh, I never went to a college so what if you don't have to like get a degree and do all of this and that's just what God can do. But question to you is despite all these franchises, there's a lot of guys coming up in the draft. And of course, like I said, whatever happens to you, no matter what, you got my support. But if you had to pick a franchise, whether you watched as a kid or when you grew up in Georgia, who would you like the
1: opportunity to play for when given that? You You know, um, you know, uh, that dude, that's a good question. Um, I've actually been asked this question before, um, and I think I went with the Seattle Seahawks for the last time. I said this after I gave a shout out to the Dirty Birds of Atlanta because uh, you know Atlanta will always have my heart. I mean the Falcons, the team I grew up watching. It's the it's the it's. I live an hour and twenty five minutes away from Atlanta. Um, it's uh it's definitely the number one team for me, always. So I always pick a second team because it's always like, that's not really that interesting because they know that answer. It's always going to be Atlanta. Um, It doesn't matter about management. It doesn't matter about players. Atlanta, just Atlanta being Atlanta and uh, what it means to me, uh, that's the team. But uh, I always go with, you know, the last time I said the Seattle Seahawks, um, that's a team that I really admire um and I said you know I like that they had the uh, Griffin brothers playing together on there which they just signed with the Jets I believe or no the Jags the Jaguars um so they're both down in Jacksonville right now um that I, I love the the dynamic duo between both of them I love what uh Shaquem has has been able to overcome with his um uh his his limiting factors man in in the linebacker position coming in with uh, only having one hand uh, and then just killing it at his combine absolutely given no reason for anybody to doubt him and then to do as well as he's done I mean uh, it's just one of those things that he's one of the linebackers currently that I admire you know of course I'm always going to say Ray Lewis is my favorite linebacker um, for sure I mean I, I feel like if a linebacker says that Ray Lewis isn't his favorite linebacker, I'm trying to figure out what, if he's really a linebacker or not, you know, but, um, you know, besides that fact, um, I would say that Atlanta Falcons, number one, other than that, man, I, I like what the Tennessee Titans have going on. Uh, I really do. Um, on defense, you know, uh, you know, they're, they're pretty good. Uh, you know, obviously their offense is great. Um, but, um, you know, I always have to give respect to the Tennessee Titans for sure. They're probably one of my second favorite teams. Um, but, I mean, at the same time, you know, it's just hard to pick one because, you know, everybody wants to be coached by the, you know, the Bill Belichick with the Patriots. Everybody wants to be on the Bucks. Everybody wants to play with the GOAT Tom Brady. You know, it's like every team has its, has its specialty. But if I had to narrow it down to one, it's, it's of course, going to be Atlanta for sure.
0: There are definitely a couple of teams I come up with, did some research on you and them. And uh the one I, I was just about to mention, Tennessee Titans, because like as you've seen if you watch any film, they struggled to get to the quarterback. And yeah. folks said last year, I told I said, I believe you Damon Klein's a good dude, but I said, as a player, he had he never got to reach his full he ne- never reached that full potential. I think when people I agree. When we're critical of players, you're like, oh, my gosh. that's I'm not talking about him as a person. This is as a player. As a dude, I, I've never met him, so I'm not going to judge him. By right. Him. But as a player, they signed him to a one-year 14 deal, and then we never hear from him during the year. Tennessee last year, they struggled to get to the quarterback. And the Packers, man, I'll be honest, folks, the Packers' defense is worse than after somebody has Chili because they cannot get to the quarterback. They cannot. They may most of look like Jerry Rice. And so that's why I say right Tennessee, see am my opinion for you and uh because they struggled to get to the quarterback. Tackling for the Packers, man, it's just they are so undisciplined. You saw it again last year. Yeah. And you have Kevin well, who got demolished by Scott Miller. And who do the Packers re-sign in free agency? That same guy that got demolished by Scott Miller. Like what?
1: Well, here's the thing, man. I think there there's a uh, There's something that I learned kind of being on the semi-pro team that I was on that I feel like a lot of people don't really realize. You know, when you're playing semi-pro football, you're basically at the bottom of the barrel of football, right? You're talking about, and I don't mean that derogatory in no sense because I was there. Um, I'm talking about you're not getting paid. You're not getting a scholarship. You're not getting fed. Your gas isn't paid to get there. You drive yourself to the games. You drive yourself to the practices. You know what I'm saying? It means like it's the most basic, like the people who love football are out there, right? It's not anybody who's doing it for any other reason because there's no other reason to be out there, if that makes sense. There's absolutely no other reason to be out there. So I've always been very appreciative of the time that I got to spend with that team. Though it was short, I'm glad of it because I had to start training for the combine. Um, but something that you'll learn about defense, and I, and I feel like this is something that could really benefit the Tennessee Titans. They have some weapons. I mean, it now, is it a defense like. The Bucks have no. OK, that you know what the Bucks did in the 2021 20, uh, Super Bowl was probably one of the most smooth defenses I've ever seen no there's not necessarily any really big stars on that team you know but they all played so well and they passed off and they just were so fluid that it worked so well right but that's hard to come by because you know in defense especially let's say you have a great defensive end like you mentioned the great one at the Tennessee Titans he is only as good as his linebackers linebackers are only as good as their defensive backs. And that's really what it boils down to. Because no matter how great that defensive end is, he cannot get to the quarterback if they know he's the only one coming, right? If they know he's the one that's giving 120%, right? And these these linebackers, they're kind of just hanging out and chilling. They're kind of just going through the motions, right? Mm -hmm. Then it's going to be no problem to hold them back. But if you have a weapon of a linebacker, for two linebackers, you have a great, um, you know, DB, that's a weapon. Also, you have a great defensive end. They don't know where it's coming from. Right. So it might look like it's coming from you, but it's coming from him. So then you can begin to exploit the weaknesses of the offense. But if it's only coming from one position, you know, and I think the Tennessee Titans kind of have that issue is it's almost it's not that their defense, their position isn't great. It's that the family aspect, the, the vibe of it, the synergy of it just doesn't feel right. If that makes sense, you know, um, something that you noticed in the Super Bowl is between the two linebackers, communication was great between the linebackers and the defensive ends. Communication was great. You know, they were there for each other. They supported each other and they made the plays together. You know what I'm saying? E- even, even if, you know, the linebackers had to sprint across the field and that tackle was made. They still got there. They still supported those um, those guys on their defense. And I think it's important to, to realize that. I think for the Tennessee Titans, like you talked about, um, I don't think it's necessarily anything other than the vibe of the defense, man. Sometimes you just got to have that heart of the defense and somebody has to bring – there's always those people who bring people together and, you, and they need that for sure. Um, I think that's a definite – Um, something that they need is they have some weapons. They just need to be able to bring those weapons and use them together because people are just getting better. Offenses are getting faster. They're getting better. They're getting, um, you know, their plays are getting smarter. It's just, if you are not 100% committed to the guy next to you, subconsciously, you might not be willing to give the inches or the effort to actually make a difference, Right. Because you might get there, but that extra inch, that extra effort might be the difference between a 70-yard touchdown and a deflection, right? Because you're willing to put your body on the line for somebody else, for the guys on your defense. You're willing to get in there and, and uh, really sacrifice yourself. And when you get that mentality, that's what transforms defenses. Um, so like, I, like you said, with, with the Packers, I mean, it looked like they were just undisciplined in their tackling, right? To me, that's more of not necessarily laziness, but it's almost like a cancer. It's almost like this mentality of we're just out here doing a job and it's not, hey, I'm fighting for the guy next to me, right? And I think a lot of people talk about that, but it's different, it's different when you're in the trenches and to tie it back to what I was saying about semi-pro, when you're out there, there's no reason but the love of football to be out there. So there's no reason to give everything that, you know, to not give everything that you have for the guy next to you. You might not know him. You might, he might've lived in the same town as you and you've never seen him before, right? Might be your first time meeting this guy. He's not getting a paycheck. You're not getting a paycheck. Both of you gotta go to, gotta go to work on Monday, right? And you're playing and, you know, it's just, you're out there, but you're, you're fighting for that guy. And I think that's something that, that level of football teaches you that maybe, that level in college, if you're going to these big schools where you're being, you know, uh, taken care of, you're being taken to class, you're doing all this kind of stuff, that doesn't necessarily teach you to fight for the guy next to you. It's all, It almost teaches you to be become more selfish. So sometimes we see these great athletes come into the league but not be willing to fight for the guy next to them, right, because that's what happens and that's what causes defenses to crumble because on offense, if everybody does what they're supposed to do and – you trick the defense, no matter how pissed you are at the guy next to you, no matter how, you know, bad the energy is, the vibes between those players are, you still probably can make that play, right? Only takes one guy to get into the end zone, right? It takes 11 guys to hold a good defense. I mean, that's really what it is. I mean, it's – I'm not saying anything against offenses. I'm just saying on defense – the, the energy and the communication, the nonverbal communication, just the vibes between each other has to be so much stronger to be efficient because you are having to figure out everything that is going on on the field without knowing it. So he might pick up on something you don't pick, pick up on, And but if you can read each other, if you can flow together, if you have that love for each other, I believe that that's when defenses are successful. And that's why you see defenses that are so um, most when we're watching football, it's usually just an offensive scoring game. You know, there's a lot of points being scored, but then you find a a defense, you know, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, they held the chiefs to no touchdowns. I mean, who, I mean, if you would have said that last year, this time, I mean, you would have not been able to believe, you know, that the, that the, uh, the Chiefs went to the Super Bowl again but didn't even score a touchdown right that's what happens when defenses work together
0: people need to understand I say this all the time you was reiterating what I've been saying football is a brotherhood which is why I was so frustrated with the Cowboys after the Andy Dalton situation because when he was down on the field there was not a single player going over this to make sure he was okay not the coaching staff not the coordinators not the players and right. that just tells me like you're going to that vibe it's not the vibe it's not just on the field it is going out to dinners having these talks about god doing all these things off the field translate yeah. the things on the field and it just that to me is what frustrated me my man because it shows me that nobody there's no leadership in that organization there's no brotherhood if you don't have that you could be Tom Brady, you could have the greatest arm on the planet. But if y'all hate each other's guts and don't communicate, then you're never gonna win a Super Bowl at that point.
1: Well, and 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 I'll I'll, I'll agree with you on that. Um, I am not a Cowboys fan. I'm probably, and uh, out of respect, I don't like the Cowboys. You know, I'll say that um, for reasons like that. Uh, it's 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 just you know. I'm, I'm definitely not a Cowboy fan. Uh, if I ever had the opportunity to play for the Cowboys, would I play for the Cowboys? Yes, I would. And I would try to bring the change that I see necessary to that team. I think that um, I don't know where it starts. I wish I knew more about the Cowboys. I wish I had actually uh, got to beat some of the uh, staff, some of the players to actually know um, what, what it is. But from what I see, um, like that Andy Dalton situation, man, When you get a bunch of guys who are so focused on the external reasons of football, and that's what what I'm saying ties back to that semi-pro thing, is when there's high contracts involved and there's money involved and there's image involved, and we're talking about sponsorships that are worth millions of dollars, right? Mm -hmm. Football starts to become something that it shouldn't be right? And it's about the money. It's about the sponsorships. It's about the fame. It's about the clout that comes with it. At the basic, basic foundation of football, it's a brotherhood, right? It's the, it's the ultimate team sport, right? It's the ultimate team sport. Out of any sport there is, it is the team sport. Everybody on the field has to be doing exactly what they need to do to make that offense or defense operate the way it needs to operate, you know? In soccer, you can have a freaking great striker or whatever, and he can just mow that thing down the field and score three, you know, three goals and, hey, and nobody else scored that game. And, hey, you know, you won. Great job. But in football, there's 11 guys that are coming for you when you're on offense. There's 11 dudes that are coming for your team. They want that ball. And, and, and you know, and it's, it's like it's a different dynamic. And so at the basic foundation of it, it's a brotherhood. And it's it's to protect that guy next to you. You know, you're a family. You protect each other. You fight for each other. When money gets in the way, when when uh, fame gets in the way, when other things get in the way, you start to see the selfishness. Right. So Mm -hmm. for that situation, I would say from what I saw, I'm not saying this is what happened. I'm not saying this is the issue with the Cowboys. There's many other things with the Cowboys before this situation that people have been uh, kind of you know, have spoken about in a negative way. There's a lot of things that they have done, um, a lot of that, and not necessarily the franchise, but the things that they have allowed, how they've allowed players to kind of just sit out, you know, at the beginning of training camps and stuff because they want more money. When they're, when, when they're already making more money, those players are just sitting out and saying, hey, I don't care about the team. Pay me my money even though you're already paying me a ton of money, right? And putting that pressure to take cap space that could be used in other positions to make the team more powerful, right? That's why I've always honored people like Brady who said, you know what? I'm going to rearrange this contract so we can have more cap space, right? You know, things like that. And I think that situation goes down to they probably saw Dalton as ruining things, incentives maybe potential for money potential for other opportunities for themselves personally and they just showed what how they felt on that field you know by not assisting him by not coming up to him as a brother I mean at the basic level he's their brother in that game right but when you let other things get in the way you start to forget about that and I think that's probably what happened that whole environment has just been laced with some pretty toxic traits
0: couldn't agree more my man but i like i said tell people i can't thank you enough for coming on we'll definitely do this again and i know the draft is coming i'll be watching i'll be whatever you go under whatever it is i'll be supporting you man and uh folks no matter what no matter the fame and the money these things don't matter but make sure you do it for god's glory my man and let's do this again and uh good luck man i'll be supporting
1: you no matter what i appreciate it man i just thank you for having me on like i said um you know, uh, just be praying for me. I got a, uh, an important tryout next week um, for the Spring League. I'm not sure if you're uh, very familiar with the Spring League, but it's kind of, uh, you know, like this the speeder um, where I can kind of go get some more um, film, uh, some experience and stuff like that that's necessary coming from my background. Uh, probably something scouts want to see before I get signed to a team. Um, you know, that's, it's one of those extra steps that, my story in particular, I have to take if that makes sense. So I'm believing that the trial will go good. I'm believing that, you know, I'll get a um, position in that league and then, you know, from there, we'll, we'll see how it goes. So be praying for me for that. Thank you for having me on, man. It's always an an honor to talk to you, man. Uh, You're one of the greatest, uh, most hospitable, genuine guys that I, that I've come in contact with. Um, I know the road ahead for you is going to be full of blessings um, I hope that, you know, one day we're fighting to get in each other's schedules because we're so busy. So um that would be that would be a, a great time, man. So that dude 2020, I appreciate you having me on, man.
0: Thanks so much, man. And good luck. And uh, John and anyway we or anybody else, if you're looking, um we we need that position. So uh thank you so much, man.
1: Anytime, bro. Appreciate it.